You're listening to the Robert Hartley Games Master Podcast. The following is audio from my interactive tabletop role-playing game series, Twitch Tales, which plays out through my Twitch channel, Robert Hartley GM. The chat act as a hive mind collective to control the actions of the main character while all of the NPCs in the wider world is controlled by me. Enjoy. Welcome everyone to episode 23 of Twitch Tales. Latent Abilities. So, brief recap on what happened last episode, on episode 22. We began having just left off with Sally, the necromancer, bolting for her life uh, out of town on the night. We quickly deduced that we were in no fit state to give chase, we having been uh, knocked unconscious in the middle of the fight. The townspeople started milling around us, waking us up, trying to rec uh, recover us as best they could. Um, they somewhat interrogated uh, Mosh, our recent companion and um and kathleen the uh, the local badger knight of kavasana we were in no real fit state to give any sort of um any decent uh, explanation as to what happened but we did our best to try and explain the fight um between the three of us the the sort of default position uh, of of authority fell on Darren, the um, the head, the most senior uh, member of the Knight of Kovasna now, and so he took it upon himself to sort of in, uh, to undergo this uh, investigation uh, into Sally's house, into uh, the interrogations of Mosh and yourself, and when he felt like he was satisfied with your answers, um, or more realistically, when her Schleffer, who is actually uh, equal ranking with him, decided that he'd done enough. You were allowed to go. You were let you, you were let loose um, to to go and have a rest. You went back to the mayor's house. He put you up in a spare room for the evening. Uh, you were woken in the middle of the morning uh, with some items that they had found in Sally's house to try and identify them. He showed you an, a statuette and I think it was a um, uh, an amulet, both with insignias and symbols uh, to presumably gods, one of which you recognised as Daesh, the god of death and undeath, um, an evil god that is considered uh, unholy and, um, and not, often, um, not often accepted into holy pantheons among the, among, alongside the other gods. So it seems she may have been worshipping nasty people. The other one, however, you didn't uh, recognise, but it had a similar sort of uh, image to it. Daesh is a uh, Daesh is a symbol of a uh, a skull with its left eye socket showing. I think a right hand, left eye socket showing. I'm pretty sure it's like that from memory. Um, whereas this other symbol was a skull with its left eye left eye on fire. In the morning, once you'd, uh, you went back to sleep for the rest of the morning, you woke up around noon, having finally had a long rest with, uh, um, with alongside Mosh. You were taken as part of a, um, an investigative team that will try and track her down and, and follow her, given your abilities with tracking and Mosh's as well. And with Mosh's abilities as a, uh, as a recently found out werefox, you helped to keep that disguised from the rest of the party and yet utilize it for tracking purposes 
Um, the rest of the town doesn't know yet that he is a weirfox, but it was revealed to you at least that he is. Uh, he wants to keep it secret because most of the time when you are found out, when he is found out for his uh, his curse, he is either driven out of town or people try to kill him. So he wants to keep it under wraps, understandably. You went off into the woods tracking, uh, tracking Sally's retreat until eventually it got to the point where you you were you were getting too you were straying too far away from um, uh, Shadridge with all of Shadridge's remaining strongest men and women, and so you decided it's too late. She's gotten away. She's had an eight-hour head start on us while we rested. Uh, we're not going to catch her, and if and even if we do, we might we might be running into a trap or something. So. You decided to turn around to go back to Shadridge. When you got back to Shadridge, you went to Edith's house, Edith the Apothecary, the one of the first victims of uh, Sally and her shadows. And that's where you talked to her about what she'd seen before. She mentioned um, having witnessed something like this before. And that's when she told you the story. The story of her heading through a town as a much younger woman with some friends on a bit of an excursion through the mountains. And when she came across this sleepy little uh, stopover town in the middle of the mountains, she was expecting to find some locals and a place to stay. But what she found was a deserted town where it seems the people there hadn't left with any of their possessions. They'd left either in such a hurry that they hadn't taken anything with them or they'd simply vanished. As the, as the night grew longer and the shadows grew longer, she realised that the shadows were coming to life. And she managed to ride out, out of there uh, while her friends were not so lucky. So she knew that she knew from experience that the shadows can be dangerous and that um, and that after being touched by the, one of these shadows, a night's rest helps to cure it. And as we reach the end of her story, that's where we're picking up now. Apis is uh, standing in Edith's abode. Uh, in her bedroom, as she's as she's sitting up in bed, with, propped up by many pillows, looking very frail and very weak, but much much more strong than she was yesterday, at least. Having just finished this story of uh, of shadows and and nastiness in in the uh, in the wilderness, what does Apis do? What do you guys want to do? Want to, what do you want to do first? How is Apis at the moment? So we've got full hit points. We've not lost any hit points, I don't believe. Can't remember how many hit dice we have, but um, it's probably not full. Uh, our as for our strength, our strength is still drained. Uh, we were taken down from thirteen strength down to ten strength in the shadow fight, and we only got one of them back. We only got one strength back uh, on that night's rest, so we're still feeling a little bit weak, slightly above average for a regular human. Um, not that we are human, but the um, the zero to twenty system of stats in D&D is kind of based on an average human. Pretty sure we only get one hit die back after using them all that long night. Did we use them all? I'm pretty, yeah, I, that's what I was trying to remember. I was trying to remember whether we've used all of our hit dice. If we have, then we've only got one of them back, in which case we've got one hit dice currently. Otherwise, uh, if we used two of them, then we've we've now got two of them. Yes, Pockfin. So, as as a part of Apis's, Apis's mind, finally, and I've, I was wondering when it would come up, when somebody uh, actually asks this. When a part of Apis's mind finally uh, considers the fact that um, that that they have a weir, a weir ally, they think about when it is to the next full moon and they realise that it's only just been a, about a week since the last full moon because a week ago we were, we were in um, 
we were in the elven sister villages helping them with uh with the prin uh, prin harvest the prin flowers and the prin flowers only bloom on a full moon we also think back to the the time that the sheep went missing from the uh, colton's farm and we realized that that was said to be about a week ago as well and apis finally definitively puts two and two together and realizes that uh mosh while he is already admitted to being the one to take the sheep didn't say so didn't say that he was doing so under the influence of being a a, a fox like that he couldn't control but, but apis realizes that uh he obviously took the sheep on the last full moon should recover before trying anything else. Can we rest for three days while casually reading, reading Sally's books? Yeah, I'd say that reading Sally's books wouldn't um, wouldn't interfere with resting for three days. Uh, but while we are while we are taking downtime to uh, to level up, you need to be training in leveling up. You, that's the kind of point of taking those downtime to level up. Is you is Apis will be training in whatever it is that we train in. So if we decide. Time to level up. And that means for the next three days, Apis is gonna focus on leveling up. Apis is gonna focus on training. Let's put a little poll out. A few people with a few different decisions. Um, stay for tea with Edith. Go catch up with Kathleen. Kathleen being the knight. The, the lead knight in charge of the Knights of Kavosna. <clears throat> she was still very weak after the shadow fight, so she she didn't come with us on the um, the uh, hunt for Sally. What else is there? Edith, Kathleen, uh, somebody wanted to see... Somebody wanted to go talk to the mayor, right? Uh, Franklin. Spend time with Franklin. Franklin's our friend. And anything else? Anybody else? Anything else to do? There's one more option. Mosh. Spend time with Mosh. There we go. Let's make Mosh level up with us. Uh, Mosh will not level up in the same way that you do because of reasons that I won't go into yet. Uh, Mel, however, will. So whenever you level up, Mel levels up. She was designed from the start to be your companion throughout the entire campaign, if needed, or until she dies. <laughs> Uh, because just as a way of keeping you from keeping a one-person campaign from getting too um, too overbalanced uh, into a TPK, so Mel is designed specifically to level up with you. But Mosh is not a companion in that sense; he's an ally, and he will level up over time. But he, he, it's not that he levels up the same time that you do. All right. So with fifty-nine percent of the vote, uh, people want to go catch up with Kathleen. Uh, followed by only 17% for staying with uh, Edith. So the vast majority of people uh, agreed to go and catch up with Kathleen rather than Edith Franklin, Mosh, or the mayor. So after hearing after hearing the um, the story from Edith, um, we s tell uh, Toria that our plan is to go and catch up with Kathleen, make sure that she's okay as well Having after the fight. Uh, Toria says, um, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'm going to stay here with Edith. I'm going to... Make us some dinner and um, and just make sure she's okay. And you sort of nod and awkwardly leave. <laughs> Apis's social battery not being uh, the easiest to recharge. 
So you sort of awkwardly leave uh, Tori and Edith saying goodbye. And we head out. Um, where would Kathleen be at the moment? She was probably... She was possibly with us in Edith's place, so she leaves. I'll say that she was there and she leaves with us. Um, and we just sort of walk on, walk and talk along the street. Kathleen recovered a decent, uh, I think, two or three strength points from uh, from memory. So she's starting to feel a little a little stronger, but she's still way below average for a human. She's like, um, she's quite weak. She's no longer wearing her uh, armor plating at all times because it's too heavy to carry around all all day. How are you feeling? I'm feeling uh, much better, but I'm I've a, I've a long way to go. I'm on the road to recovery, though. That's good. And you and you coping well with, like, not just feeling, but like you're coping. She says, yes, I'm. I, it's a it's a loss. Um, Warren was, Warren was a really a really good kid. Um, he was quite. He had quite the high uh, prospect. Um. He could have, he could have been something. He could have really been something. Uh, it's a shame, but it's it's part of the job. I don't look forward to telling his parents when I get back to Fondog, but it is what it is. And Paul, of course, as well. Paul was a sad loss. Of course, he had a wealth of experience. He was. We were. We were not even. We were not even halfway through building the barracks and building the. The the presence of the knights here in um, Shadridge. So. It's a huge setback to lose Paul in that way. But I I feel like my, path is set out for me now at least. Um, I know that my place is here. I know Shadridge better than anyone in Fondo could, and I am the ranking member of the Knights here, so I suppose it's fallen on me to take over where Paul has fallen. It's a lot of a responsibility, but thankfully I think the town will be working with me on this. What happened um, today while we were away? Like, where we were says uh, not much people there's a lot of rumors going around i held a meeting at uh, around late afternoon um just outside the town hall there were too many people wanted to attend to fit into the town hall so i just held us on the steps uh, alongside the mayor and we discussed everything that had happened from start to finish we 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 took it was out it only just finished um from mid to late afternoon all the way until you got back so it was it must we must have been standing talking for hours um we were just answering questions as they came up we explained we explained our initial suspicions on you and why we were suspicious uh we also explained the reasons why i now trust you and the, the ways that you earned our trust um it it was exhausting but i think it, I think it will put a stop to the rumours that were going around. Um, and while it won't help bring anybody back, it will help to um, to get closure, knowing that, knowing that, as far as we're aware, the shadows are gone. We've asked that people stay together in groups of three for the foreseeable future. But if um, if there's no return of Sally or 
the shadows for a while. I think we can start to return to life as normal gradually. Miss Warren already. Can we go pay respect to the funeral pyre? Yeah, I think that makes sense. We're, we're just walking through the streets as we talk anyway. So we sort of, um, Apis says, can we, um, can we go pay our respects at the funeral pyre? I never actually got a chance because I was otherwise tied up. <laughs> and she, she sort of uh, sniggers and, <laughs> yes, um, of course, yes. And she starts leading the way down towards where the funeral pyre was. I'm sorry about what happened. Yes, as am I. And I'm sorry that you were caught up in it in the way that you were. No, I, I understand. Um, I probably would have done the same in your position. I, was, I, could, I, I could see why I was looking suspicious and, and, and I apologize for my part in it again. It, it, it's fine. Um, you've normally a, a discretion like yours would uh, take on community work or time in the stocks, uh, but I think you've served your penance. And she sort of laughs about all that you've been through together. What's um? Can I ask what's the what's what's Darren's deal? He's um he's a bit much at times. And she says yes, he he means well. He's a fantastic knight. He really does show a lot of promise. He's um very good at what he does and very keen eye, very sharp mind, but not so good with people. He's um. I don't know if he, I don't, I never went into his uh, family history with him, but it's not really appropriate for the job. But I feel he, if I was to guess, I would say that he didn't have many friends growing up. He has a very sharp mind and is very knowledgeable about a lot of things. He shows a lot of promise, but he's, he's not the friendliest sort. He's just focused on his job is all, but he's a good, he's a good man. So we arrive at the uh, funeral pyre. There's no, uh, there's no evidence of uh, the bodies that were burned there through the night. But the the wood remains, and there are a few other people standing uh, around, sort of paying their respects as well. Just sit, just sort of sitting on uh, on chairs that they've brought out from dining chairs and things that they've brought out from their nearby houses. And they see his approach, and a couple of them give a nod to um, Kathleen. Uh, one woman stands and starts walking away over to you and you've not met her before. She says, um, uh, I just wanted to say I'm sorry um, for doubting you. And Kathleen told us what's happened and um, I'm sorry that you got caught up in it. Um, I'm sorry that I was, uh, I'm sorry that I was, I was, I was, I was one of the people that um, was doubting you. See, um, thank you. Uh, given the circumstances, I understand, uh, but I'm I'm just glad everyone knows the truth now. She accepts your thanks and goes to sit back down. Um, sits sits next to a um, an older gentleman, and and they both kind of just stare at the the pyre. We turn to Kathleen and say, um, "May Warren find the rest that he deserves." Do you still want me to help you out while you're getting things running again in the town? And she says, well, I, I I, suppose I'll need all hands on deck. Everybody in the town will have to uh, be helping in that respect. We'll need to rebuild some sort of new location for the the knights. Maybe even, I was considering perhaps even Paul's house. Uh, it could be a good tribute to him to, I'm not sure. I'll have to think it through. We'll have to, um, we'll have to have some jail, some sort of stockade, um, 
perhaps a, a courtroom of sorts. It's, uh, there's lots of work that needs to be doing and I'm much too tired to think about it now. But yes, uh, short answer, probably yes. I, I'll need your help at some point over the next few days, weeks, however long you wish to stay around. Of course, you're not obligated. You're not a knight of Kvosna. And she kind of looks at you uh, with a, a laughter as she says that. You're not a knight of Kvosna. Of course, if you wanted to be, I'd be more than willing to uh, to be your um, your reference <laughs> for recruitment. But uh, I'm not I'm not putting any pressure on you. Of course, you have a good you have a good eye as well. I forgot what it was a proper spelling of characters' names. We simplified to Paul. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> You can count on me, Kathleen. I apologise once again for my impetuous fib. I uh, think no more of it. It's uh, water under the bridge at this point. Has uh, Sally's place been searched? And she says, oh yes, thoroughly. Um, I, I was searching it uh, a little before, after you left, but before the meeting. Um, and I realised that uh, Darren and uh, Hlefer had done a very thorough job already. They found a, a secret uh, compartment of the attic, an entirely different room. And up there is where they found the statuette that they brought to you. Can I ask, is there a reason you were installed near Shadridge in the first place? He says, uh, what do you mean? Like the knights, is there a reason that you were sent here? She says, well, it's part of what the knights do. It's uh, This is a frontier town. There's uh, significant dangers in the wilderness of any sort of frontier town. Uh, Knights of Kavosna, we are vowed to protect. Uh, do you know much about the the religions? With a sixteen, you say I know a little, a little of the pantheon. She says yes. Well, you know Kavosna, and sh and you say aye. You say well, she, he's a he's a god of protection. He's a, a god of the uh, war domain, but his primary focus is in protection. So, the Knights of Kavosna are protectors. Um, we are. We are sent to frontier towns as one of the many things that we do to be stationed uh, in in protection of the town. Uh, at first, while the town is developing as this one is, we are sent as field knights, and then some of the field knights may decide that they wish to um, to settle in the town and become uh, town guards. Otherwise, they will be moved on to another field to uh, to protect roads. Uh, to, to seek out and slay monsters and uh, in their lairs, to drive back the dangers of the wilderness from civilization. Many things like that. We were sent to help the frontier town out as the uh, as the as the uh, town's town grew. Option to get the information to headquarters of the knights, like the Fair Bureau of uh, <laughs> Investigations. Uh, she says, um, "Yes, there's there's ways that we can communicate. I've I have been in communication with Fondurg." Um, we're using pigeons at the moment, but uh, I, I will need to travel to Fondog at some point over the next week or so to tell them the news in person. I think it's much more than should be written in a, a letter. I have I have put the information in a letter, but I will follow it with uh, follow it on foot as soon as I feel like my absence won't be missed in the town. Ask what's involved in becoming a knight. Just out of curiosity, what would that um, what would that involve to become a knight of Kavosna? She says there's uh, there's an uh, uh, usually you need a standing knight of uh, badger level or above to vouch for you. Um, there is an entrance interview there to 
ascertain whether you are the right sort of personality, the right fit for the role. Uh, there is a membership fee to be paid. And then there is um, a ceremony in which your weapon of choice becomes uh, blessed um, and you swear an allegiance to uh, Kavosna. You can continue allegiance to other gods, of course, but you swear, uh, you swear that you will protect uh, those that are requiring protection. I mentioned how we were an unofficial town guard before we were arrested and often helped the town and we'll, we'll, help, we'll continue to help in the future. So we have a bit of leeway with the knights. She says, uh, yes, of, of course, I understand. Of course, in, in, in future now, we, uh, now that we have this rapport, I will, uh, I will at least not have to be reminded, I, I will not have to be told who you are or what you are doing on a particular uh, land or investigation. Of course, if I feel you're in... Uh, if I feel you're... In the way of an investigation, I will politely ask you to uh, to back off. Unless, of course, you are one of the knights. She sort of jokingly hints again. Uh, how much is the fee? Uh, it's 20 gold pieces. 20 gold piece entry, entry fee to join in the knights. But once you are a knight, you start to earn money um, through taking jobs and things. They usually have like a notice board uh, that has jobs on it that you can take like side quests and side missions and things if you need if you need more money All right, is there anything else we need to talk to Kathleen about? Uh, otherwise, are we? Um, are we going to move uh, towards going to sleep for the night because uh, it is probably getting slightly later into the evening now uh, If we wanted to sleep on Jack Reed's farm or Colton's farm They are a significant walk away. So we would need to start be making tracks now essentially Sleep, sleep, sleep. All right, most people are saying sleep, sleep, sleep. This part of Apis fears the potential bureaucracy of being a knight. It's always a consideration. All right, so anyone objecting to wanting to go to sleep right now? Is there anything else you wanted to do on this night? Practice the pipes before bed. Yeah, we can practice the pipes one more time before bed. Tell her we'll think about it and get back to her later. Don't think it's the right time for us to become a knight yet. Apis says... <laughs> I appreciate your passion, and I understand why uh, it's not the right time for me yet. But I'll I'll definitely consider it, and uh, and maybe in future. And she says yes. I I didn't mean to push. I I know I, I was I was only sort of semi joking. But I think you would make a good night. Anyway, speaking of good night, she says, and then uh, bids you adieu and heads off, leaving you by the um, the funeral pyre. All right, so there's no one uh, objecting to calling it there. We're going to um, we're going to try and find a place to sleep. So in town, out in the wilderness, uh, back to Jack Creed's farm or back to the Colton's farm. Those are kind of your options, I guess. All right, most people are saying that we're going to stay in town. Is it with Franklin or at the inn? Almost unanimously, people say in Franklin. Uh, so we start heading off. Uh, we say our respects to the the funeral pyre again, and and nod our respects towards the uh, the people who are uh, watching. Uh, the woman that was spoken to us before is now just silently weeping. Um, we turn and leave as the shadows of the um, shadows of the 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 night are getting longer. It's getting into late twilight now. As we arrive at Franklin's house, um, knock on the door. And there's a minute or two, and just as we're about to knock again, the door opens and Franklin's there. He's he looks like he looks like he's still just kind of in shock. Hey, Franklin. Um, 
Do you mind if I come in? No, uh, come in. He opens the door, uh, opens the door wider for you. You come on in, and he closes it behind and puts a little dead dead bolt across. Uh, I don't feel like um, wandering all the way back out to Jack Reed's farm. Do you mind if I stay here? And a look of look of relief um, crosses his his eyes as if like not wanting to be alone for the night had. Uh, had been his main concern, it seems, right now. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, please, please, be, be my guest. I'll put the kettle on. Um, you want a cup of tea, or it's getting late? But um, maybe a maybe a, a beer. I've got. I think I've got a. I think I've got a beer somewhere. Uh, maybe a couple of. I think I've got a small barrel um, tucked away for a good special occasion. Um, I could put some food on. Are you hungry? Should we? Seems like he starts busying himself. Um, his mind, you can tell, is somewhat absent um, right now, understandably. But he's busying himself in the kitchen, trying to be a good host and finding that that's um, finding that that's the best way to keep his mind off of things right now. Hey, Dean Franklin, you uh, do you need to do you need to talk about anything? If you want to talk, I'm here. If you don't want to talk, I'm. And he goes, I don't. I I'd rather thank you, but I'd I'd, I'd rather just not talk about anything right now. Um, Anything like that, anyway. Um, tell me about your your travels, eh? You see, hey, no worries. Um, so, did I ever tell you about uh, Diggins Diggins Temple? Um, and you start to launch into a story of some sort. You start to tell him something of your of, of your past to try and just take your, both of your minds off of the events of the last couple of days. Uh, and to, especially him, he's he, he, he's almost like back to himself within half an hour or so. You're eating some um, relatively nice home cooked meal, just basically meat and veg. Um, you're eating a nice home cooked meal. You're drinking something that's uh, that he's cracked open from a small barrel of. Um, it's got like about four or five pints in it. And you're telling this, telling some stories, um, and he's he's sort of laughing and, and gasping in the right places and such. Panpipes would distract him. <laughs> yeah. End of the end of the night, though. He, uh, he eventually he's he's sort of nodding off in his armchair. You, you've retired from the um, retired from the dining table and headed over to a couple of um, comfortable uh, armchairs. And he lights up a lights up a pipe and he smokes in front of the armchair while while you finish your stories. He tells you one of his before he settled down to become a baker and uh, he told you it tells you about one time that he tried his hand at being an adventurer when he was younger and daring and like he was about 17 and he went out with a group of friends and they went into a cave and it was very exciting uh they didn't actually find anything in there and there was no monsters that attacked them uh, other than like a giant centipede that dropped off of the roof the roof and one of them had to crush it with a rock and it was like very exciting and oh but it was a bit too even that much was a bit too dangerous and he didn't he didn't really he realized that the adventuring life wasn't really for him and went home and Always really wanted to go out on another one. He knew that he would eventually, but never really happened. He just assumed that he would eventually go back out on on a on a uh, on another adventure, and everybody just kind of settled down and started getting real jobs and things. And other adventurers would come through, and he'd help his dad with with his bakery. And uh, other people would would other adventurers would come into the bakery for food, and he'd and he'd hear stories from them and sort of live through them as proxy and. You kind of enjoyed the quieter life, having having all of the stories from the adventurers in in the um, 
truncated amounts without having all of the nights of actually being out there on the wilderness and nothing happening for days on end and then all of a sudden your life's in danger and he, he realized he much prefer it in story form so eventually he, his pipe goes out he decides that it's time to time to retire to the bedroom and uh, and he tells you um tells you where his uh, the, the spare room is shows you the washroom uh, refills the wash basin for you with some hot water from the um the kettle and then heads to bed and says he'll see you in the morning uh, Mel, meanwhile, when we went to Franklin's place, buzzed around outside in the streets of the um, buzzed around in the streets of uh, Shadridge and settled down somewhere in, in a bed of flowers, some in, in probably in Edith's garden because she had a lot of herbs and things growing in her garden. You have a long rest. You regain um, your uh, all your spells and everything that you would have cast. I don't know if you'd cast anything that day. Uh, you regain any hit points. I don't think you'd lost. Uh, you regain one more hit dice and more to the point you regain ooh, you regain three onto your strength which takes you back up to maximum your 13 so in the morning uh, rolling over and stretching and you realize oh oh wow oh my my muscles are sore oh boy ow ooh, 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 ow Yep. Oh boy, those muscles are really sore, but they've grown a lot overnight and you are back up to your regular strength. Full hit dice now. I think we might be at full full hit dice as well now. So you are back to 100% of uh, what you were before all of the shadow fight and such. Just Hulk punch the lantern off the side table. Just stretching. Bam! Oops! All right. So, first day of, this is the first day that you can choose to, to make, the first day of your downtime. If you should choose to level up right now, then we are going to be spending the next three days leveling up. Apis is going to start training, uh, and we're going to spend time in Shadridge, just like you can spend most of your day actually training, but you can also spend any other downtime during the day, catching up with people, helping Kathleen with regular jobs around the, the town that need doing, um, just general helpful, useful stuff around town. Is anyone against leveling up? Is any is anybody uh, for the idea of doing something else instead before the level up? We should stretch now that our muscles are back. Would we'll do a dex plus two, I guess, if we stretch well enough. Yeah. Level up, level up, training montage, helping the guards clean up the buildings. Do 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 do. Reading the books in the inventory. We still need to carry them around. Yeah, they're kind of reference books more than anything else, so you won't you won't remember the entirety of a reference book. It's they're, they're books that are designed not to be read cover to cover, but rather turned to when you find a book, uh, find a herb that you don't recognise, and you go, oh, what's that herb? Kind of looks like that. The leaves are kind of like that one. It's probably a an Amythicus berechicus dust, and it's poisonous unless it's cooked, and it tells you information about it and stuff like that. So yes, you will need to carry the books with you. All right, level up time, everybody. Level up. Apis is about to level up to level four, which means we need to take a pause from the narrative and start doing mechanical things. Poll. There's going to be a series of polls happening. Level up. We've got five options. These options were narrowed down to these five in my Discord. So if you want to be involved 
100% in this interactive D&D game that we're telling, it's not only on Saturday Twitch Tales that you need to be involved. You need, you should be involved in my Discord as well, because there's a channel there specifically for Twitch Tales, where people hypothesize about ideas, they discuss certain options and paths that they can be taking, and they talk it through. So it's always worth joining the Discord for that purpose. The five options that we are going to have are going to be given to you in a poll form. You're going to have five minutes to discuss uh, to, to choose them, and then the one with the, the fewest options at the end of five minutes will be eliminated, and then we're going to have the same four options given to you for another five minutes. We're going to do, th do this until we are down to a very clear winner, until one of the options has more than 50% of the vote. It's preferential voting. All right, so the first option on the thing, in no particular order, just from me remembering which options are, is at level four, Apis gets an ability score improvement. So we can take two points to one of our abilities. Dexterity is our primary ability as a ranger. So dexterity plus two is the first option of what we can take. Instead of taking an ability score improvement, whenever you get a, whenever you get one of those when you level up, you can instead take a feat. Feats are just like lots of weird, different, cool things that you can do. Maybe it's a couple of different spells that you gain, or maybe it's new new abilities that you have. The first of those feats that it's from memory is one called Fey Touched, and Fey Touched gives you the ability to misty step and a bunch of other stuff. There is also a feat called Lucky which is very straightforward. You just gain three points per day that you can use for re-rolling things that you don't like. If you roll a one, you're like, nah, actually, I'm just going to re-roll that with a luck point. And then it is shadow touched. Like fey touched, but touched by shadow fell instead of the fey wild. It gives you a bunch of uh, abilities and new magic and things. The next one and last one, in last but not least, dwarven... <laughs> I put dwarven touched. <laughs> dwarven fortitude. The time starts now. <laughs> we get to pick again at level eight. Yes, we do. So you all you you get to pick levels. You get to pick an uh, a feat anytime you get to an ability score improvement, which is at levels four, levels eight, level uh, twelve, level sixteen, and level nineteen. So you will have to you will get the chance to take Dex plus two or one of those feats at level four, level eight. So it's about which one do you think is is most important for Apis to have right now. Alright. Dexterity plus two has come out with 50% of the vote. It is not a it is not a majority yet. Because for all I know, the people who didn't vote for Fey Touched or Dexterity, if their option wasn't uh, available, they would have all voted for Fey Touched, which would have taken it to an exact 50% vote. So with that, we're going to have to go to round two. We're going to go Shadow Touched and Dwarven Fortitude. They're out of there. I'm going to repeat the thing with Dexterity plus two, Fey Touched, and Lucky. So we do get a Misty Step if we take Fey Touched. We also get Misty Step as a part of being a Horizon Walker at level five. I have said that if by level five we ha already have Misty Step when we get it again, I will allow you to choose a different spell instead. So we won't be doubling up on Misty Step. If it is the case that we take Fey Touched, and then we also um, we also have Misty Step again, I will. It won't double up. I'll either give you a, a, an improved version of Misty Step as a way of um, acknowledging that you've got it twice, or I'll give you a different spell. 
All right, here it is. With 53% of the vote, 53% of the vote, we've got Dexterity plus two taking the win. We also had 40% of the vote voting for Fey Touched and 8% of the vote still voting for Lucky, which is fine because if Dexterity had still not got f above 53, then Lucky would have disappeared and it would be down to a single single choice, Dexterity or Fey Touched. So. Unfortunately, even if the 8% that voted for Lucky had voted for Faye, Dexterity still took the lead. And this is why, when you were dealing with such small numbers, we only had 40-ish people uh, voting. With such small numbers, if you if you had, uh, if you had wanted to be involved, you got to actually get, get your vote in. Your every vote counts. As it is, Apis decides... Well, doesn't really decide, but Apis is not touched by the Faye at this level. They are... Uh, not in this way, anyway. They decide that they are going to uh, to become more dexterous instead. So that will mean I don't know if Spidey's still in the chat, but it'll mean that I'll need to uh, update this. My AC I actually can update um, as as needed. So your AC will go up to fourteen. Your dexterity will go up to a plus three modifier. Um, what else? Anything else on this? This nothing else on this page will change, but the battle map page. Uh, below me here, you can see the longbow plus six. That'll be a longbow plus seven, so you'll be slightly easier to hit with your longbow. It'll do piercing damage of one d eight plus three damage, um, and I think that's it. That will need to be changed, and then obviously the thirteen armor class over there will need to be changed to a fourteen as well. All right, congratulations to Fella and the rest of the uh, the Dex plus two campaigners. Commiserations to Cat for this for this particular level up. Maybe at level four, uh, we'll go through it again. But then again, Apis has still got <laughs> Dex plus two that they can take at the next level up as well, the next uh, le uh, level eight. All right, so Apis is going to spend the day deciding to... Apis wakes up feeling like the memory of the fight is still going through their head. The memory of the the uh, having to shoot arrows at the shadows having to shoot arrows at a retreating necromancer. Not to mention the ar the arrows that Apis has fought, fired over the last couple of weeks at vampire plant monsters, uh, goblins, ogres, all kinds of, all, all manner of different things. Apis has had to fire their arrows at, at owlbears and, and giant elk and deer on, out on the hunt. Apis has been hunting with a bow and arrow for quite some time, but finally decides it's it's time that I put a little more practice into it. Not just not just practicing on the uh, on the field out and out actually in 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 um, the real world, but going to a practice range and actually actually taking some shots. It's been a while since Apis has, has put some practice for practice sake in. And so they set off out of uh, Franklin's house. They say goodbye, have some have some breakfast with Franklin. Say goodbye, uh, and set off out into the wilderness to uh, to to start practicing. So Abus decides that uh, they they meet up with with uh, Mel and and tell him, hey, I, I feel like um, I feel like helping out. Uh, sorry, I feel like practicing a little a little of my um, 
my arrows uh, again, a little of my shots, maybe a little bit of my stealth as well, and, and dodging things. I've been I've been attacked a few more times than I would like to think recently. I need to um, <clears throat> I need to practice my, my being a little more nimble on my feet. I'm feeling a little light and a little lighter for some reason, a little little more nimble. I don't know what it is about about me this morning, but I'm feeling a little bit lighter. <clears throat> I think it's a good time to have a little practice. So they start heading off back towards uh, Jack Creed's farm. As you get there, there is an interesting sort of a buzz in the air, literally, from all of the, the uh, bees on this apiary. You're interested to know why it sounds a little different to you, to your ear. And you're not sure why. You ask Mel, um, what's going on? And she says, there's, there's some sort of... Uh, there's some sort of... Um, excitement... Uh, They've, 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 they've found something that maybe is not uh, maybe not flower. Uh, let me let me find out and I'll I'll tell you. And she sets off across this field, in the in the direction where you can see in the distance like quite a a, a visible cloud of bees. So they're all they're all kind of accumulating near nearby the uh, tree line on Jack Creed's farm. You see her buzz amongst the crowd and they they somewhat disperse as she arrives and then she settles on the ground right near the tree line we continue move, moving that way walking towards her but she flies back and meets us about halfway and says uh, there's um the buzzing of there's uh, there's uh, uh, an item a, a box uh, by the tree the bottom of the tree and a box? What, what sort of a box? Like a, a wooden box. Uh, it, they, they found it when they were they were buzzing around trying to find some uh, some some uh, flowers and uh, more nectar. Uh, I don't know. Come and have a look. So Apis walks over, and they see a very small wooden box, kind of like a snuff box, something that would fit into a pocket. It seems very nice wood, like really fine hardwood that has been very professionally um, oiled and varnished. It's been well looked after. But it's dropped into the, the base of this tree. It's dropped, it's dropped by the roots of this tree. And it seems from the way that the um, various uh, plants have started to grow around it, it's been here for a little while. Not, not, not years, not on the scale of years, but maybe months. We see this little box, and looking at it, we we sort of push the the plants aside, and it's a very nice little uh, on it wooden box with some nice writing on it that we recognise to be Sylvan. The writing seems to be a name. It says Bobby. We pick up the box. Doesn't do anything to us when we when we touch it. We're curious. It seems to have a lid that would open. Apis pops it open, and it has like a little, um, a little latch that keeps it uh, closed if you just press it. Opens up, and inside Apis sees some very well-designed and very well-carved dice. It seems to be bone dice that Apis has found in a very nice wooden carved box. 
Not sure what they are or whose who's they are, rather. That's, that's all you can really ascertain from them. So you pop it, you pop the box closed and pop them in your bag. But you feel like you're being watched. You have, an, you have a, an unshakable feeling that you're being watched. Since you picked up the box, there's just something... You're, you're, the, you're the product of somebody's scrutiny now. You look around, you don't see anybody. There's just a feeling that somebody knows that you have these now. And you don't know why. So you don't really think too much more of it. Instead, you head over to uh, the side of a, a very large tree and start to scratch in a, um, a bit of a target for yourself. And you walk several paces back and start taking, taking your shots and uh, uh, practicing your arrows. The rest of the morning goes by without issue. Uh, you're, you're practicing, you feel like you're getting better, you're, you're keeping um, keeping keeping your skills honed, if if not improving. You stop for lunch about halfway through the day, and then towards the evening you get that sense coming back again that something's watching you. And you look around, you can't see anybody else. There's Mel, there's you, there's the bees. You try and shake it off and go back to firing again, but it's distracting you. So this time you think, what if I can hide from it? Whatever it is, what if I can hide from it? And so the, the rest of the evening, without really meaning to, you spend trying to practice your stealth, practice sneaking, pra practice like hiding round corners and trying to see if there's any position on this farm behind the behind the uh, farmhouse, behind the barn, behind uh, inside the, the house, upstairs, downstairs. Is there anywhere where, where the feeling lessens? If anything, it grows over time. As you've spent an hour walking around the farm trying to hide and trying to find a place where it feels like you're not being watched, it's just grown and grown. Eventually, there's a, there's a feeling like there's almost directionality to it. You're not sure why you're feeling this so strongly. It's not, it's, being watched is not a, a thing that should feel that that tangible, but it does. And before you hear the voice, you already know who it is. As you turn towards the tree line, you see a small, green-clad, plump little cherub of a man staring at you and says, Hello again. And you see the little shit, as you have dubbed him, staring at you from the tree line. He's sitting on an upper branch as we, uh, as we look out across the, the field with our bow in hand and we realise he's sitting on top of the tree that we were shooting arrows at before. Apis draws out an arrow and knocks it and pulls it back and <laughs> fires it and it slams into the tree, basically smacking across, uh, right in the, um, the bullseye and he smiles and giggle, giggles and says... 
I think you found something of mine. I've been looking for it for a while. And then he just like swan dives off the front of the, the branch that he's sitting on, almost toppling forwards. And then he spins over one full one full revolution, bounces on the arrow that you've just struck into the center of the the uh, the bullseye, and takes to the air, puts his puts his hands out to the side and uses them to glide towards you, and then lands right in the ground in front of you. He's only about two feet tall. He looks up at you and says, "Some um, some dice I've lost a little while ago. I wouldn't mind them back." Oh, hello, little shit, uh, Bobby. His eyes go wide as you say it, and he goes, Oh, that's right, you can speak Sylvan. Huh. Yep, that's, uh, that's one of them. Little shit's fine, though. <laughs> Ask him what they look like to make sure the dice are his. <laughs> <laughs> given this impending uh, this this impending feeling of somebody watching you ever since you touched them and then a magical fey creature appearing to say I think you found my dice it's still not clear that it's actually his <laughs> what do they look like? he says you know what they look like bet you don't know what they're made of though they're made of dice <laughs> roll for them Dragonbone? He says, no, no, not dragon. Um, so. What can we do about this situation? You have my dice. I want them back. What do you guys want to do? Do you want to just give him the dice? Do you want to play him for the dice? Do you want to ask for something in return? I'm going to roll them before giving them back. 75 gold pieces. What do I get for giving you them back? <laughs> you can't just give me them back. They're yours now. But I want them. What do you mean? They're yours. That's how this works. But I want them back. So what do I get? What do you want? A panpipe pan dance-off. How did you lose them? Uh, how did I lose them? I guess if I knew where I lost them, I wouldn't have lost them. So I don't remember the time that I lost them, but given that you found them here, looks around. When was I last here? Oh, I know how I lost them. You don't need to. Why do you want them back so badly? What do they do? They're my favorite dice, that's all. You want a favor? I'd like to play a game? A favor? Why are they mine now? Possession is a little more complicated where I'm from than where you're from. I don't want to get into the ins and outs of it, but suffice it to say that they're yours now. And you can't just give them to me. 
Or rather, I don't want you to just give them to me. What if I give him a little rule? And he says, be my guest. I'd be, uh, I'd be able to roll them. He smirks and he starts to fly and he gets to about head height with you. And he goes, roll them. Can we sell them? What about if I sell them to you? He goes, not for these. They're beyond money. <laughs> I want a favor. <laughs> oh, now you're talking. You want a favor. Okay. We can we can make something out of that. He thinks for a second, and then he sort of like lies back, and he just kind of like crosses his legs, and ponders, lying backwards in the air, and just gently spins. What happens if we roll them? He says. There's a way to find out, isn't there? Hey, asking you. <laughs> uh, what if I was to tell you that rolling them could be beneficial to you? Ask him to be our, our companion for a year and a day. Um, <laughs> so Apis says that even if it is a joke and says, what about if I ask you to be my companion for a year and a, a year and a day? And he says, you could ask, but I'm already taken. Flattered though, but taken. Those are your, those are your options of what to do with them. Roll them, destroy them, ask for a nondescript favor, play him, play, play him for them, um, slash bet. Or ask, ask for something specific. What do you guys want to do with these dice? How many dice are there? Seven. It's a set of seven polyhedral dice made out of ivory bone. Alright, with 56% of the vote wanting to roll them and 31% wanting to ask for something specific for them. Shapis gets them out of their pocket and they open them up and they get them out. And Apis walks over to the top of an overturned water barrel and this guy, his smile appears on his face and he starts to float on over next to you. As, as you go to roll him, he goes, wait, 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 wait. you got to want something first, otherwise you're just going to roll. What do you want? What do you want to know? Or, more to the point, what do you want from the gods? What do you think Apis is questioning right now? What are they? What are? The, what is Apis thinking? What's the? What's on your mind? What are your worries? Are you worried that this guy is tricking you in some way? Are you worried that that rolling them are, is going to hurt you? You want to know about who orchestrated the goblin attacks? In my mind is my hometown. Ooh, yeah, thinking about um, Shafgushal, the hometown that was destroyed. Epis says, if we roll poorly, is something bad going to happen to us? And he says, that's a good question. That's the sort of question you need to ask. Roll and find out. What are, the, what are these dice? What do they do? And he kind of nods. 
and we let them loose onto the desk. As they hit the wood, we are transported. Not only, not only are they dice hitting wood, but they are hammers hitting bells. They are chimes, they are strings of harps being played. They are wind rustling through trees. They are they are incountable number of of sounds and effects and feelings even. There's emotion tied to certain ones. As the next one hits the 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 wood of the uh, barrel, you feel you feel hunger, you feel exhaustion, you feel anger, you feel happiness and joy, you feel all sorts of different the, the plethora of different emotions that can run through a person. The next one leaves your hand and hits the wood. And as it bounces, you're seeing flashes of a newborn baby and then of an old person pushing a plow. You're seeing a picture of uh, a mountain range and a beautiful waterfall and then maggots crawling out of mud. And then you don't understand what you're looking at before the next die hits. And suddenly you're you're... You're feeling cold, you're feeling like your skin is burning, and then you're feeling like you're in a nice hot, warm bath and it's relaxing. You're feeling your muscles uh, bl melt away. All in an instant before the last one, the, the, the last couple of dice hit, and suddenly they, they're all bouncing uh, on the table, coming to rest. And these images are flashing in, in ways that you don't understand. These, these feelings, these smells and tastes uh, are r racing through your uh, your feelings your senses they're all focusing in as they as the dice stop bouncing you start you start getting a clearer uh, picture of the ones that they're going to land on and these these images start to, to blend together into a a finite answer to the question of what these dice do you suddenly realize as they as the final one lands and comes to rest you realize that these dice are a divination tool and that using them allows you to ask a question of the gods the the answer to which may need some interpretation but you will get an answer suddenly as soon as it came it's over and you're sta you're left staring at dice on the top of a barrel and you realize that you have a, a way to ask the, ask a question of the gods. You're not sure how often they can be they can be used, whether they whether they work at all, uh, 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 whether they work a hundred percent of the time all the time. You're left feeling a little bit dizzy, but excited at the prospect. Stuff him then, we'll keep him. Keep him, mine, mine now. He says, see why I want them back? Yes, I can see that now, Bobby. I think you would want, uh, I think you want me to have them. Otherwise I wouldn't have found them. He smiles and gives you a wink and then says, wasn't really me that wanted you to find them. I wanted to keep them. But uh, his lordship, wanted you to have them so you have them and by the way 
he also wanted me to have to, to give you this and he floats up slowly and he puts his thumb out like that and he starts to just approach you with a smile what do you do he's floating towards you ever so slowly with his thumb out pointing towards your general face all right 58% of the vote say yes let him touch you so as your as apis is like almost rooted to the spot deciding whether or not this thing whether uh, whether or not to let this thing touch you uh, apis ultimately decides or maybe just hesitates long enough that uh, that he floats across the barrel and presses his forehead uh, presses his thumb right to the middle of your forehead and as he does so you feel like you're getting dizzy and tired real tired and then your knees buckle oof, and you don't even remember hitting the ground your head swims as your heavy eyelids crawl open you see that you're on your back on a soft surface with a beautiful twilight sky above you and standing near you a dwarf man in his fine green suit and brown top hat so says the dwarf you're a horizon walker fascinating he raises his fingers and a vine sprouts beside him quickly blooming into a yellow buttercup which he plucks from the vine and hands to you as you sit up it contains an amber liquid and he conjures one of his own and takes a sip you see a large white manor behind him next to a lake a horizon walker i think we have much to discuss you tip the amber liquid onto the teal grass as you shift your weight and stand up. The dwarf stands with you and gently reaches out and places long copper fingers to the buttercup hanging by your side and pushes it up to you once more. You feel the weight of it change as it refills with the honey tea. You should drink that, the dwarf says. You'll feel less dizzy. Before you have time to think better of, of taking unknown drinks from strange men in the forest, the warm nectar's already passing through your lips, as you've seemingly trusted this dwar dwarf's words implicitly. The juice is sweet, but tangy, and has a sharp aftertaste. Almost immediately your head feels less fuzzy, however. The drink seems to dislodge your voice on the way down, which had gotten lodged halfway up your throat. Where am I? you ask. What's your name, Horizon Walker? He asks, ignoring your question. You pause again, and then ask again. Where are we? He pauses to choose his words carefully. There are things about this place, customs, if you like, that you don't yet understand. Names must come first. What is your name? His answer puzzles you, but you answer, Apis. Apis, he pauses, as if waiting for more. Your kind normally greet me with a whole genealogy, Apis. No clan name, tribe, family, father and mother. Remembering a dwarven custom from, for a more descri descriptive introduction, you offer, my full name's Apis Hive, child of Lurtrum and Eldeth Hive. What's yours? Having been, turn, uh, having been turning to walk away as, uh, as you say this, he stops and once again establishes eye contact. A smirk appears which grows quickly into a wide, merry grin. 
Is that so? <laughs> Fascinating. He stares in awe and excitement at you for about 30 seconds of silence before you think to repeat the question. But as you open your mouth to speak, he preempts you. You may call me what you will. I have many names. And while none belong to me, I am happy to use them for your purpose. I trust you'll find one to your liking in short time. Come, let us walk. You stand fast. Oh, sorry, you stand fast. Where am I? <laughs> well, what better way to answer than with a tour? The merry gentleman in front of you says with a flourish of his wrist. His hair seems longer and auburn curly now, though you don't remember it changing. You think how you better be cautious of this stranger, but you also realise at the same time that you're already walking alongside him as though, as though your legs had a different idea. The thin trees wake way towards the white manor on the hill. Your kind have many names for this place, but the one you're most familiar with is probably the Fairylands or the Feywild. Your eyes go wide in astonishment. Yes, rather, he says in answer to an un unspoken exclamation. He leads the way across a perfectly manicured lawn towards a large white marble manor with cylindrical pillars flanking a large double door entrance. Welcome to my home, Apis Hive, Horizon Walker. Why do you keep calling me that? He turns around to face you from atop his wooden porch, his copper skin glistening emerald specks as it catches the light and flashes that merry grin across his dainty features. You don't recall him changing, but you're sure he was a dwarf until recently. Now, however, a tall, lithe, almost elven person stands there in perfectly fitting green plant suit and top hat. Because, he exclaims, as if it's the most obvious thing in the world. It's the only explanation for how you got here without my knowing about it. He looks puzzled for a second. Is it perhaps the first time you've stepped? You answer his question with a blank expression on your face, clearly, as his delight becomes palpable. <laughs> a wondrous days! How the gods have blessed me. Well, my dear Apis, it seems your family is ripe with latent abilities. Allow me to show you how to use them. And flashing a delightful merry grin once more, he bows low with a flourish and steps aside to offer entry to his manor. And then a moment later, it fades and you, your eyes come back to yourself and you are lying on the cold grass just outside the back of uh, Jack Creed's farm. And floating inches above your face, parallel to the ground, smiling an equally wide merry grin, but his with more malicious intent behind it, more, more malefaction, the little green cherub. Takes a lot out of you to remember things from my, our place. I think that'll be enough for now. I'd uh, take care getting up, and he starts to uh, float above you, and uh, as you as you start to pushing yourself off the ground, take care getting up. You might have um, you might realise that your arms and legs don't work in exactly the same way as they did before. You remembered. He just disappears with a puff of green smoke, which kind of lingers for a second or two. We get to our feet, and sure enough, we do feel a lot lighter. We're not sure what the hell just happened, but that was definitely a memory. That was a memory that led on from a memory we had recently. 
we're starting to remember more about what happened in the Feywild. We spin around looking for him and the speed at which we spin, it seems where we feel a little, little more lithe, a little more dexterous, a little more able on our feet. Instinctively, we grab our bow and arrow and sort of just look around for if this guy's still watching us, but our, the sense of him watching us has disappeared. Thinking about his words, we draw back the arrow and take a shot. And we didn't take as much time to aim and stay calm as we maybe would have otherwise. And yet the arrow struck true, right into the right into the uh, the makeshift target in the tree. We look over to the uh, top of the barrel, top of the table that we were using, and the dice are still in the position that they were before he touched us. So Apis goes and picks up the dice. Puts them back in the little um, wooden box, pushes it shut. It still says Bobby on the front. Apis pops it into their into their pouch, not really sure what to do. And then you hear a buzzing, getting louder. And you look over and you see um, uh, Mel buzzing over from where she was over over the uh, other other uh, bees. She goes, uh, are you okay? What happened? I, saw, I looked over and saw you were on the ground. Are you all right? Yeah, um, I'm all right. I just met that little shit again. That, that one that was uh, being a little shit while we were fighting the Displicer Beast. Oh, uh, what did he want? I'm not sure. He said his master wanted me to have something and then touched me and I passed out. But I remembered, so I remembered more of what happened to me when I went back to the Feywild that time when I was a kid. And he gave me these and you get out the little box and show. Uh, what is that? It's just, uh, just dice. Um, why does he want you to have dice? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he does want me to have them. I think the Degan fella wants me to have them. But they seem to like tell the future or something, or like I can ask questions of the gods. I'm not sure. But Apis makes the decision in this moment that the dice are potentially powerful, potentially dangerous. We don't know what the cost is to them and whether there is a cost to them. Um, we certainly don't trust the little shit. And so any a gift from the little shit could be could be something that we would want to look into more before we start to use them more. Uh, so Apis Apis resumes their um, resumes what they were doing with the training, and spends the rest of the day finishing off the like the arrow training that they were doing, um, and realizing that they are significantly better now. They are much. They're like five percent better. Rest of the day goes by without incident, no return from the little shit. Uh, then uh, you have a rest, presumably here at Jack Creed's farm, unless you wanted to rest somewhere else. Where would you where would you guys want to rest? You're already on Jack Creed's farm. You you see that nobody has come to Jack Creed's farm during the day. Toria seems to be seems to have decided to spend the day with um, Edith. Here on the farm, here on the farm, here on the farm. All right, so so Apis, uh, Apis has a, um, once you get too tired and you've lost a couple of your arrows, maybe you whittle up a couple more, maybe just to replen replace the ones that you've lost. Um, 
and then you head back into Jack Creed's farm, you, make, you let yourself in, uh, you find an unlocked door that you can come, go in through and find a nice bed that, you, that means you don't have to be out in the uh, out in the, the wilderness, out in the um, stars. Uh, there's a bit of a light light um, mist coming in now. It's probably going to bring a bit of showers with it overnight. So the next morning, um, morning two of your three days of uh, level up downtime, you wake feeling uh, lithe and and um, chipper and uh, able to move quickly. You hop out of bed and you make your way downstairs and you start to cook something up in in uh, um, Jack's kitchen. So I reckon you spend the rest of the day doing some um, doing some some more practice around the farm. You start practicing uh, some acrobatics, maybe. You you feel you feel like uh, you're just in the mood to train, and it's almost from a different source. You're left with the you left with the memory that was uh, where it was cut off, with the merry gentleman telling telling you that uh, he will gladly try and help you unlock and use your latent abilities, and whatever the hell that meant. But you feel like the training you're doing is just coming to you. You've never really had training in acrobatics before. So you spend the rest of the day doing that. You sleep on Jack Creed's farm the next morning. Um, you spend the next day also all on, uh, on Jack Creed's farm. You're, you're starting to practice. Um, you get Mel to have a bit of a sparring match with you. And you're, getting, you're training your, um, your dodging. You're training your... Uh, your dexterity saves, jumping out of the way. You're, you're training your initiative, taking taking the uh, initiative during a fight. And after three days of of training, you're feeling like you're you're less um, supernaturally inclined to continue training. The drive, the drive to train, was brought to you by some sort of like a forgotten memory. Like it's been a while since you trained and so you feel like you needed to. And then you wake on the fourth day and you're level four. Mel, is, Mel was leveling up during that as well. You were training alongside Mel and she was leveling up as well. So you are level four now. Congratulations, your dexterity has gone up. I can change the AC easy enough. I can just go into here and do that. Bada bada bing, bada boom, bada bing, bada boom. Our armor class is slightly easy, uh, harder to hit now. I don't like how heavy a hand the MG has over us. Hmm, yes, you don't even know what he has over you at the moment, or what he wants from you. Oh yes, HP roll, thank you for the reminder, JC winner. So in my games, I always allow re-rolling of ones when you level up, because rolling a one on your hit points sucks balls, nobody likes it. So that means that the average is exactly the average of rolling. So there's no, there's literally no benefit to taking the average because normally the average is actually 0.5 above the average of the dice. And so it's always oh, it works out slightly better over the long run to take the average each time. But because I allow rerolls, the average is the average. So it makes no difference. You can either take the average or you can roll. Rolling just is more exciting because maybe you get something better, but maybe you get something worse. Because we are a hill dwarf, we're already getting a plus one to our health every time we level up anyway, which is why we're only level three with 38 health. That's significantly significant uh, margin of health there. So we're going to put two pole. Are we going to roll or are we going to take the average? 
All right, so 85% of the vote wants to roll for the hit points rather than taking the average. And because I like to actually roll dice, I'm going to roll proper dice. So this is an Apis dice specifically. It is a d10. A 0 is a 10. If it comes up as a 1, we re-roll it until it comes up as any number other than a 1. Bum, 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 bum. Four. You see that? Four. Four hit points plus two from Con is six plus one from being a hill dwarf. That's seven. We're getting an extra seven hit points from leveling up. So our thirty-eight now becomes forty-five, which is pretty good. That is pretty good for level four. Very very hardy hardy uh, strong character can take quite a beating. All right, so. We're going to leave it here, with Apis having successfully leveled up to level 4. Uh, I will get all of this stuff fixed up before next time, and we'll decide what we're going to do about these dice, what we're going to do about helping Kathleen, uh, and which of the plots to, um, to pursue next time. It seems like the Great Expanse might be uh, something for a later date. Going back to Orochel is possible. Uh, Kathleen did say that she needs to go to Fondurg at some point to talk to them. Um, and to tell them what's happened, so Apis might tag along to see what the next city along is, an actual larger town um, of Fondurg and things. So there's lots of different options for us to pursue. We might pursue Sally still and try and work out what's going on with her. Lots of different things to do. We'll, until then, we will leave it there, and I'll see you next week for episode 24. Bye! That's all for this episode of Twitch Tales, but if you want to be there to actually join in on the decision making, head over to twitch.tv forward slash roberthartleygm and click the little love heart to follow the channel. It's free to do and it notifies you when I go live so you can tune in to join the fun. I'll see you there.